Welcome to the Steroids Podcast with your host, Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Steroids Podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109-page ebook by Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Now, for the first time in bodybuilding history, you have someone with no corporate interests and no obligation to please anyone, not walking on eggshells to not offend. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the information, the whole information, the whole truth, not a full truth and a half truth full truth ultimate guide to roids gives you the keys to the lamborghini gives you the information and lets you decide what to do with it it's a crime this information has been suppressed this long now let's get on with the podcast what's up dan the bodybuilder from thailand here only made you guys wait a week until the next episode you know what stand up if you're sick of this bullshit 2020 the world turning into some kind of dictatorial, fascism, Nazi state, okay? Stand up if you think that is fucking stupid. Because it is. And I want to say this. I want to say this too. You got, you listeners out there, all right? You better not be one of these pussies. That is walking around scared of a virus. Walking around scared of something. Letting other people manipulate how you feel. Letting other people manipulate you. Keeping you in your house. Wearing masks. Wearing diapers on your face. You know, most people that are doing this, they like being manly. They like being strong, doing bodybuilding and extra masculine and uh there's been lots of diseases over the years human history plagues and shit this is the only time in human history that the earth has been shut down and making everyone uh not be able to function and uh putting you all under house arrest because there's supposedly a thing floating around out there our um our ancestors would just be so appalled appalled at you know the current state of the world and um the state of acceptance and the state of fear the state of fear that humanity is currently in and um also if you're a, a man um and and you're all pumped up on steroids and shit but you're scared of some fucking virus and you're walking around with a diaper on your face. Ancestors fucking ashamed of you. Don't be scared of that shit. Man, this, this shit is just cause, cause it's just going on and it's not going to stop because it's like psychological warfare and shit. If we don't fucking say no, man, what's going to happen to humanity is just sick. What, what they've got planned, what these evil, motherfuckers controlling the world have planned for us so god damn uh some people been asking what music do i like to listen to when i train i like to listen to megadeth 
I like Megadeth. Um, I like rock and roll music. I don't like new music. I don't like new music. New music, like everything else that is new, sucks a dick. The good shit is old cars, old houses, old cities, old music, old steroid cycles. Not this new shit. This new shit sucks. New bodybuilding sucks. Current bodybuilding sucks. New self-driving cars suck. New phones that we got to get the new one because it just came out and we're addicted to consumerism sucks. Fake food sucks. Fast food sucks. It morphs your body into a piece of shit. All the new stuff sucks. I like old music. 2008 was basically the last year that good music was being made. That was when rock died and they, they just totally 100% replaced it with uh, dog shit. Uh, you know, beep, beep, boop, 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 boop kind of music. Beep, beep, beep. This kind of music with a lot of beeps and bells and whistles and electronics. And uh, the other thing that they, they, you know, they got a lot of rap going now telling you, telling you to do a bunch of bad things like, you know, you got telling, uh, telling our women to get their wet ass pussies and, and their cash, their stacks and to, to everyone be a whore and to, and for all the guys to be, to be, uh, pussies and, and drug dealers, or you know what, cut off your testicles and become a transsexual lady boy. That that's, that's, uh, pretty much what we've got in, in music since um since 2008 so i like as avenged sevenfold avenged sevenfold really good ozzy osborne motley crew pantera judas priest rat children of bodom system of a down motorhead rage against the machine kill switch engage and i like a couple of japanese bands too power metal such as loudness and Galnerius. Kind of music I listen to when I'm training. Next thing I got to talk to you about is training intensity. All right. We talk about steroids and the importance of steroids on this show. And it's featuring the importance of steroids because bodybuilding doesn't work without steroids. Okay. You got to have steroids to do bodybuilding. Okay. It's the key that opens the other stuff up. But it doesn't mean that you don't do the other stuff, okay? Because your results are going to suck a dick if you don't do the other stuff. All right? If you, if you, if you go uh, into the gym and, and you're in there worrying about what other people think of you, if you train too hard or you make too much noise or you don't look so cool or, or pretty when you're training, you look ugly while you're training and you're worried about that, or you're like, oh, I don't want to get in pain when I'm training. I don't need, I don't want to feel too much pain. Or you're like, oh, well, I don't train legs often because I'm a bitch and I'm all show and no go. So, you know, I'm all about the look, but I'm not about the substance. I'm all about having my big arms that look strong, but really I got these PVC pipes for legs and pretty much 
I've got no power. I've just got these show muscles up top that can do a little something, make me, you know, try to have this image that I'm this strong, powerful man. But my base is just a melted piece of shit. And, uh, and, you know, I can't, I can't put a couple people on my back and squat down. I can't lift up stuff heavy. I can't control heavy weights. I can just pretend like I'm strong with my big steroid arms. I take steroids. I take chemicals to make me buff, but I don't even have the biggest part of my biggest, strongest part of my body, my legs, where all the, the human body's power is generated from. I don't train it because I'm a pussy. I'm a pussy who's all show and no go. I have no substance behind my bodybuilding. Oh my God. Oh my God. If this is you, just change. Change today. Change today. All this stuff is symptoms of why we're, our society is in the fucking situation that we're in. It's because, it, you know what? You're getting bombarded by all this media all the time that is promoting this kind of shit. All, all, all show and no go. And consumer mentality. And showing things off like pleasure lifestyle glamour lifestyle the dream lifestyle or something like this and you got people that are that are famous and shit and they're just some bastard they're not even nice people they're just some some bastard who takes drugs and think he think he's he's so cool that's some bullshit all right so the number one thing to ask yourself if you're training hard enough is do you train legs and do you train legs like you mean it? And are you a person that doesn't train legs often? Because if you are, damn, damn, you are all fucking show and no go. Damn, that shit is, that, that's pathetic. Pathetic. That's half your body. The biggest muscles on your body are your legs, your glutes, your quads, I mean, your your freaking calves, even if you, if you get them big, which they should be, they should be as big as your middle arm. And you're on steroids, and you don't train that. You're on freaking steroids, chemicals to make you strong, but you don't train that the biggest, most powerful, strong part of your body, what should be, because you don't want to go through the pain. You know that girls that train look at you like you're some fucking pussy. You know what? Like it, they're they're like girls' favorite part body part train is legs. That's what they like to train, and it hurts for them just the same as it hurts for you. Okay, and when they're training legs, that that's what they like to train. And then they see you, you're all buff, beefed up on your upper body, think you're all bad, but you have these little legs. You have these little legs that aren't like big and developed like your upper body. It doesn't match. Your lower body very much doesn't match your upper body. And uh, they see you and you know what they think? They think, that guy can't protect me. That guy doesn't even want to go through pain in the gym. He's scared of pain. He's scared to do leg day. Because of the pain. And he wants to avoid it. And not go through that. No, no, he doesn't want to feel pain. 
but he takes steroids, so he's obviously got vanity issues. Hopefully, you can change, bro. Hopefully, you can change. And you should be fucking training legs like you're going to fucking die, okay? I've been... You know what? I notice that uh, people don't don't want to train hard, okay? You look in the gym. Look how many people are quiet when they're training. This is what I'm saying. We talk about steroids, but if you want to maximize your, your results and you're wondering, you know, like, why am I not making the gains I want to be making? Man, your training sucks. That's probably it. That's probably it. Because uh, it's about maximizing the results. Yeah, you'll get results. You take steroids. You do some diet. And and you do a little bit of weak-ass workouts. But you're absolutely not even getting close to maximizing your results, okay? So, remember when you played sports and you had a coach. And they would push you. A, lot of you, a bunch of you guys probably have played football or some other sports, swimming. And you'd be like, Fuck! When you were under training and you'd be like, I am about to like die right now. Like, like I'm so fucked up. Like I can't go on, but you have this freaking coach screaming at you and you're like, well, I will go on it. And, and you're basically like, like you can't. So it's like, for, for example, you're, you're just basically, uh, can barely even walk anymore or something. And you're kind of like going, going. Um, and the coach is, you know, screaming at you to go faster. And you basically, you're just like, when, you know, I, I'm on the verge of death right now. Finally, the practice gets over and you're like, I had no idea I could go through that. I feel like shit. I need to go home and just like lay on the couch for the rest of the day. You remember that in high school sports. You remember that. You remember feeling like that. Being like, oh my God, like, I can't even believe that I just went through that. And like, like feeling a little bit scared, feeling a bit scared about, you know, like the next practice or something, the next conditioning practice, because it was like total torture. Okay. Who the fuck do you see doing that in the gym? Fucking no one. Only a couple people ever, ever. And you think that you're going to go in there and get maximum results training like that? Training in there being like, oh, well, I can't make too much noise or I can't like scream at all when I'm training. And I, I don't want to be like looking too ugly or something. And so I can't be making like ugly faces. And oh, well, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do more. You know, I could have done more, but it would have hurt. It would have hurt. I would have been in too much pain. That's stupid. That's stupid, man. That's absolutely not the way that a winner, somebody with self-respect trains. Man, if, if you don't make noise when you're in the gym, you're not training that hard. Because when you get to that last bit, the last bits of those reps, you know, it's either like a karate sound, you know, like, 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 a, like, Something like that, you know, like, you know, like, like a karate sound when, when you're doing that, or it's like a, a scream or like a yell or something, you know, like, God, God, something like that. You, you know, like when you're at the end and you can't do any more, if you do that kind of thing, you can do more, but you have to put your whole freaking body into it and you have to be like, 
you have to go to like a dark place, you know, you have to go to a dark place in your head and be like, you know, well, if, uh, somebody was like, uh, like trying to rape my girlfriend or something, you know, would I be able to do another rep if that would stop them? And chances are, yeah, you could. Why would you train any less hard than that? Why? I mean, I mean, what are you even going to the gym for? What are you taking steroids for? If you're if you're not willing to do that, it just, it, just, it blows my mind. Okay, it blows my mind. It's fun to train hard like that, anyways. Because I'm sure that you want to do that. I'm sure that if you're taking steroids and shit, you picture yourself as a beast. So this this has come to my attention. Come to my attention from observations steroids podcast people talking to me etc man you guys have got to be (laughs) you got to be willing to go through this shit man you got to be willing to go through this shit you should not be like the other people in the gym you should not fit in in the gym when you're training the people around you should be like you should not be training like them they should you should not be like oh you're just one of the guys they should be like what the fuck like this guy is some kind of animal or something. Yeah, because you're in there playing it like a sport. You think that if you're going across the finish line or something playing a sport that you're not going to be going like, ah, or, you know, or, or like even on a fucking bike trying to win a bike race. And and the other guy is, is not, you know, he's coming up on you. What are you going to do? You're just going to be quiet and sit there, sit there pedaling. Or if you got a, a a guy, you're playing the football, the American football, and the guy, you're coming up on the end zone, game-winning touchdown, uh, fourth quarter, time's running out, and you got this guy here, and, and he's big, and, and he's he's between you and that end zone, and you have to run this fucker over to get into the end zone and win that game. What are you going to do? Be quiet? You're going to be quiet? And, and, just, and, and just, you're going to get freaking smeared. You're going to get smeared, okay? You have to let out noise. That's how you win. All right. So if you're doing bodybuilding, you're taking steroids, you're taking drugs to do your bodybuilding and shit. Man, you need to be doing it like sports. You should be do- you should be training like sports. You, should, you shouldn't look anything like the other people training in there. Should be like sports. All right. On to the next thing. If you guys want to. Talk to me on the phone. Um, we can do that. One hour phone call consultation. I do those. 59 US dollars for the hour. And do that over WhatsApp. If you guys want to talk to me on the phone, hit me up. Steroidspodcast at gmail.com. Talk about training, diet, steroids, side effects, planning your cycles, whatever. You know, I'm an open book. Get on the phone with me. And the other thing is if you want to join uh, and do the one month uh, daily text text messaging on WhatsApp with me, that's 99 USD for a month. You can do send me as many as many questions as you have every day. Training, diet, steroid cycle, side effects, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever you need, bodybuilding related. And I will help you answer your questions every day. Some guys that do that program with me, they need to 
they need to ask more questions and then other guys they don't need to ask as many questions i always respond to everybody to any everybody's questions anybody's questions i'll always respond to your questions within 24 hours or less and you don't have to wait for me to reply to each individual questions you know you can load me up send me as many questions you want each day okay and uh, i'll always get back and answer your questions in 24 hours or less so that's the WhatsApp one-month daily text messaging. All right. The first question for today is from Nate. Steroids podcast question. I have developed benign prostatic hypertrophy. And I'm assuming with your 45, and 45 years old and up listeners, this is not uncommon. I remember you discussing benign prostatic hypertrophy in relation to estradiol in an older podcast could you discuss what steroids and SARMs to avoid and management options also once benign prostatic hypertrophy going to refer to that as bph going forward has set in is it possible to shrink it as always i and thousands of others appreciate your hard work and honesty love the podcast good question very under discussed component of steroids use the prostate is the most sensitive tissue in the body to male hormones, steroids. So it's laughable that you don't hear much about that from steroid users. It's not something you hear about, that they're having prostate issues. That's laughable. It's very common. It's very common uh, for the steroid users of all ages. So Nate mentioned something about uh, estradiol, which is the uh, potent form of estrogen that your body makes, um, affecting it. And yeah, that's true. When you, if you're on uh, testosterone or D-ball or something that produces a lot of estrogen um, and your estrogen gets up high, that estrogen will get into your prostate and it will mix with the dihydrotestosterone in your prostate and it'll make your prostate swell up. And what this feels like is it makes it hard it makes you need to pee a lot and it can make it hard to get the pee out feeling like you have to like press the urine out of your body um or the stream is not very the urine stream is not very strong it's kind of a weak stream got to wake up in the night a lot to go pee it's benign prostate hypertrophy so your prostate's swelling up not because you have cancer just because it's swelling up. So the number one thing when, when this happens, this is a, a, usually a symptom of high estrogen levels. So if you've got this sensation going on, the first thing you're going to do is take anti-estrogen. So if you if Arimidex and Eximestane is not working because it's hard for you to control your estrogen, I would recommend Letrozole. It's much stronger per tablet than eximestane or arimidex so you've got to get your estrogen under control um if you cannot get your estrogen under control with the anti-estrogens that you're using then you're going to have to lower your testosterone dosage in order to make sure you get your estrogen under control if you have your estrogen under control and you are still having problems you need to reduce your testosterone dosage because testosterone creates dihydrotestosterone, DHT, which is the main chemical that really 
um, has a, a strong effect in the prostate because it mixes with a uh, enzyme in your body called 5-alpha reductase, which transforms testosterone into dihydrotestosterone, which is a very potent masculinizing hormone that binds very strongly in your prostate. So once you got your estrogen down, if you've still got problems, then you need to reduce your testosterone dosage and any other um, aromatizable compound in, in your steroid cycle. Um, usually this will solve it. Okay. And the swelling will go down and you'll notice more ease in urinating, um, and, and not needing to so frequently or so desperately. Um, but there can be, there can be other factors. Um, Proviron and Masteron affect the prostate more than any other steroid. Um, those are really the two main ones where, you know, if you've got everything else going right, you got your estrogen low, you're not taking much testosterone, like you're taking like now only 250 milligrams or something like that per week, and you've still got prostate issues, you're probably on um, Masteron or you're probably on Proviron. And if you're not and you're still having prostate issues, then you're probably running massive dosages of something else. Um, possibly trend and uh, you, you know you're gonna have to come off if you want your prostate to you know if those steps aren't working and you want your prostate to de-swell you're going to have to come off of most everything you know go to TRT uh, one one milliliter of testosterone a week uh, 250 milligrams and uh, wait for it to come down uh, to de-swell uh, your prostate is going to grow um, from being on steroids, um, it, it can, it can grow and shrink. Uh, but, but generally it's, it's going to be bigger. Um, steroid users have bigger prostates. This is very well known. If you, um, look at the studies of, uh, you know, the androgenic effects, you know, what is the androgenic rating of a steroid that is, uh, gauged by how much the presence of a steroid makes rat prostate tissue grow that's how they get the androgenic rating of a steroid the number that they say oh the steroid's this androgenic and give it a number rating um, a couple things that you can uh, take to manage the prostate too one is uh, viagra and cialis that will relax the muscles in that area a bit and allow better urine flow so you'll be able to urinate easier if it's hard for you to urinate if you take uh, cialis 10 to 20 milligrams and uh, another one is there's a, a couple dihydrotestosterone conversion blockers so it uh, it's you know aromatase inhibitor blocks the production sorry it inactivates the aromatase enzyme that transforms testosterone into estrogen. Well, a 5-alpha reductase inhibitor makes it so that 5-alpha reductase is not able to do its job in the body, that enzyme of transforming testosterone into dihydrotestosterone. So the two 5-alpha uh, reductase inhibitors are finasteride and dutasteride. And you could uh, experiment experiment with those. People use those to prevent hair loss as well because hair loss is 
caused by dihydrotestosterone. Um, it can have permanent uh, negative sex drive effects taking those because it can have some kind of a permanent effect on your 5-alpha um, reductase production. Uh, that's an anecdotal. That's anecdotal that that happens, but it, it happens enough that it's a known effect and uh, can, so can have really extended erection problems and sex drive uh, problems from uh, using 5-alpha reductase inhibitors. So you want to stay away from that if you can. All right, next question is from Sean. Hi, would you consider doing a piece on your podcast for performance-enhancing drugs for the older trainer over 50 and beyond? There doesn't seem to be much info out there about the subject, or do you think the same rules apply regarding dosages no matter what the age, depending on results required? Okay, so the steroids dosage, it works for older guys the same that it works for younger guys, where um, it responds in an incremental manner. The more you take, the bigger you get. And the amount that you take is not going... You know, if you take as much as a younger guy, you will have similar results in uh, size. Um, so so they, they work regardless of the age. There's been some interesting studies done on um, men over 70 um, comparing to uh, men who are 18 on steroids and, and, uh, and com comparing the muscle mass gained uh, per dosage. And it's, it's similar, it's being, which shows that the main... Um, the main thing making old older men's muscle and strength go away is not some kind of uh, metabolic thing happening or age-related thing happening. It's just basically the fact that their testosterone went lower with their with their aging. With with uh when you're when you're uh, older like that, you want to take things that are going to be easier on your cardiovascular health. Um, because that's, that's basically the main concern there. And so things that are very stimulating, like Trenbolone, um, Superdraw, uh, Dianabol, things that make your, your blood pressure go high, Anadrol, th things that make you have a very stimulated feeling mentally, raise your blood pressure. It's going to be putting you at an additional risk for heart attack, uh, having bad cholesterol levels, um, going to put you at increased risk of stroke, etc. For guys that are over 50, uh, it's it's smart to leave it to testosterone and growth hormone. And if you want to be extra big and extra strong, use higher dosages of those two while making sure that your cholesterol, which normally isn't really affected much by testosterone, um, and your blood pressure are within range. And then that's definitely the safest route for guys over 50. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say some common, common dosages for guys that look that you've seen where you see a guy over, uh, maybe 60 years old or so, and he's, he's ripped and he's, he's buff, you know, that you're looking at something like 750 to a thousand milligrams of testosterone per week. And, three to five IUs of human growth hormone per day, uh, that kind of look. So it's like a enhanced or, or very strong, um, hormone replacement therapy, natural hormone replacement therapy regimen. If you use the other ones, you're 
you're definitely at an increased risk of uh, negative events happening to your health than uh, younger guys as you uh, gain age like that and become more susceptible to cardiovascular problems. Dom asks, hey, Dan, hope all is well, bro. Just had a quick question. Been reading around forums and many guys say if you take orals with food, especially fatty foods, you get less absorption and they just go through your digestive system. Is there any merit to this? Thanks for your help. Um, you know, taking orals on an empty stomach or taking them um, with food, they work either way. They work both ways. Um, you know, I will tell you that steroids are lipid cholesterol-based molecules. So if you eat fat with them, uh, theoretically, that should help them to absorb because as the fats are absorbed into your system, the steroids, which are also fat-based, will have mixed with them and it will help pull them across the, uh, the cell membranes into your bloodstream. So I, I would not uh, worry about it too much because it doesn't matter either way. They absorb whether or not you take them with food. But I, I you know... It's common practice to take orals with meals or slightly after meals, um, especially among like high profile trainers that are training uh, pro bodybuilders and they're telling their guys what to do. Um, it's pretty common practice for them to uh, tell those guys to be taking orals with their meals. That's kind of how they use the orals. Um, all right. Next question is from Lewis. Hey, Dan, all the info from the podcast, always helping me get results. I just wondering what your thoughts are on which cycle would be best for purely cosmetic effects and just to maintain current size and body composition. 350 milligrams test propionate with 250 milligrams test enanthate per week or 350 milligrams test propionate with 300 milligrams equipoise per week. You know, it's it's not going to be a substantial difference, but I would go with the second one because mixing different compounds works good. And, you know, you said for cosmetic effects, um, using unnatural hormones is usually what people want to get the effect from, um, you know, when they're talking about cosmetic effects, they're talking about looking uh, more like a, something they've seen in pictures where they're like, Oh, the, you know, a bodybuilder looks cool. looks unnatural. <laughs> and, and those unnatural steroids, uh, you know, not testosterone, uh, give that effect, uh, much more effectively than testosterone does. So I, I would go with the equipoise one. Uh, I mean, they're going to be pretty equal between testy and test probe or test probe and equipoise as far as, you know, the muscle gain, and uh size etc but uh you know, you know it's really low dosages with with the equipoise it's not going to be that much different going between those two it's going to be comparable but if you had to choose between the two it just makes more sense to run the nat unnatural hormone if you're looking for cosmetic effects because that's what they give they give that unnatural steroid look better than testosterone does okay next question hey dan 
Hope you are well in your Eastern European adventures. Since the purchase of your book, Ultimate Guide to Roids, I've made loads of progress, and I thank you for it. I have a question. I was wondering would it be beneficial to run growth hormone while on a true TRT cruise phase, or am I better off saving the money and using it on blast, purely for physique purposes? Um, the growth hormone works with the testosterone. As long as you've got testosterone in there, what is what it's going to do is it's going to make your metabolism function better um, on your cruise. It growth hormone's really good at preventing you from losing muscle. If you keep the growth hormone in there and you do your cruise, um, you're definitely going. If you're a big guy, especially yeah, like if you're a big guy, because you know cruising on one milliliter of testosterone, that's such a pipe dream, man. To to stay the same size as as you are like holding your size on that if you're if you're a big guy like man you guys these people on the on like youtube and shit they're just telling you what you want to hear you know they're they're like talking about always talking about their trt and how how, how they're like always on trt and, and and all this shit like making a big deal about that that's what they're talking about all the time their trt that's such a load of shit that is such a load of shit Bodybuilders like steroids, okay? They don't want to be on TRT. That's they fucking like steroids. That they're bodybuilders. Duh. They don't like being on TRT. They're totally they're totally sticking it up your ass. Sticking it up your ass and you're believing it if you believe in those guys, those TRT weirdos on uh YouTube, etc. Always talking about how good they look on TRT. <laughs> Losers. Uh, it's going to help you if you combine the, the growth hormone with the testosterone and you're doing the TRT, 250 milligrams of test per week, and you're doing a couple of units of growth hormone. It's going to help you stay bigger and not lose, you know, much uh, like fullness size when you're off cycle or as much fullness size. So that's what it would be good for mostly would be when you're on your cruise, uh, if you wanted to take like an extended cruise or something, you know, keeping the growth hormone in there would help you to not lose size. Otherwise, after three months or so uh, on 250 milligrams of test per week, if you're a big dude, um, you know, way bigger than natural, um, then you're going to be losing significant size at that point. Um, I like to use growth hormone on blast. If, if money was no object at all, yeah, yeah, you could use it during cruise. I mean, I've done it in the past when I was experimenting with using growth hormone year-round. But these days, I just think that growth hormone's good when you're on a blast. And then other than that, it's like, oh, go off of it. Like, You really need... It's up to you. It's, it's personal preference, man. Next question is from Espinoza. Big D, hey bud, halfway through the new podcast, awesome as always. I was thinking, I know we spoke or you touched on it in a bit in a podcast, but this whole plandemic world, what results would someone have not hitting gym because of the gyms being closed or having a stupid 16 hour a day job, but no gym and like running a cycle? Is there like, well, maybe not something to put out there lazy people but a cycle <laughs> but a cycle to run in these circumstances thanks bud love what you do 
Yeah. Um, the first, uh, like four months of the, the pandemic, I was, I was running a, a cycle because there was no gym and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go off steroids and, uh, not go to gym and just like fall apart. That's what happens. That's what happens. So I went on a steroid cycle and I went on a strong ass cycle and things worked out really well for me. <laughs> partially though because you know i i have i you know i've been doing this for a long time you know i would not recommend that if you're if you're not if you haven't already like been big before and shit like that you know so anyways what i did was i, I took i took about 50 milligrams of super draw a day 10 milligrams d ball a day 10 milligrams turinabol per day and uh 25 milligrams of anadrol per day with 400 milligrams of test per week and damn, dude, I definitely looked like I was on steroids doing like one set of pull-ups a day and like a set of push-ups a day. And uh, during those during those four months, definitely did not lose muscle doing that. Um, didn't gain uh, muscle, but uh, definitely didn't lose anything. I'm not going to let the government freaking strip my muscle off me. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to I'm not letting that happen. You know, you close the gyms and try to make everybody weak. Uh-uh. I'm staying on steroids. I'm adapting. I'm adapting to this new pitiful environment by doing drastic things like staying on steroids and not training. But if you want to get results and you're not training, you're going to have to take a big-ass cycle. And be strict with your diet. I, I was strict with my diet, very strict during that time, during those four months. So I basically like cut, but basically cut cut a bunch of fat off, um, like twenty pounds, and uh, was on the steroids like that. Didn't lose muscle. Um, so that that's what it was like for me. But I mean, as as you can see, that was a very powerful cycle I took. Um, it's up to you. It's up to you. You know, you don't want it. I definitely do not recommend going off steroids if you don't have gym membership. You you got to stay on something or you're going to fall apart because it's like you're not giving yourself the stimulation of training and you're not giving yourself the hormones that you need to keep your muscle. Oh, my God. Talk about a freaking capsizing ship. So you got to at least stay on some like some kind of like maybe you normally cruise on like 250 milligrams test or something. Well. You know, if you're not training at all and, uh, you know, it's going on an extended period of time, consider maybe taking 750 milligrams of test and, and just staying on that, you know, until you have gym access again. All right. Next question is from Fozzie. Hi, I love the podcast. Question for the show. What AI and rough dosage would you recommend for D-ball only cycle? Starting 20 milligrams per day. Weeks one through four, building to 30 milligrams per day. Weeks four through eight, thinking PCT with Clomid as don't want to use injectables such as HCG. This is my first step into anabolics and worried about gyno. Yeah, well, Clomid won't help you with gyno. Um, you should use Novadex. Novadex will help you with gyno. And uh, it just feels better to take it to, and it's it works good as PCT. So I'd recommend uh, replacing what you were saying with the Clomid with a uh, Novadex. And um, after you're done with your cycle, running that for about five weeks at 20 milligrams a day, Novadex. When you're on the cycle too, you're likely going to need some 
aromatase inhibitor. So if you could get a little bit of a Rimidex to use, and if you ever do get a sensitive nipple or something like that, taking a tablet of a Rimidex whenever that happens. And uh, if you're taking the tablet of a Rimidex, um, you know, reasonably often, uh, a few times a week or something, and it's it's still not uh, totally correcting the nipple sensitivity you're having. You know, you said you're worried about gyno. Then uh, running a tablet of Novadex with that as well during your D-ball only cycle. And doing 20 milligrams D-ball per day for four weeks, followed by 30 milligrams for four to eight weeks. Guys that are, that are, are thinking like, oh my God, D-ball for eight weeks? <laughs> Man, that's the way that the doctors used to prescribe D-ball, okay? They didn't prescribe D-ball for four weeks or, like, two weeks, three weeks. Man, before things got all political and then things got all on the Internet and all this all this wrong information came out, people were not using D-ball for four weeks. So eight weeks, that's the way things always were before the Internet. So there's nothing wrong with doing that. Next question. Someone, okay, someone asked me to review this cycle from Neil Hill, okay? And that Neil Hill is a coach. He is a trainer who trains pro bodybuilders. And they got uh, a cycle that he gave to a bodybuilder. And so let's just, a uh, pro bodybuilder, you know, to one of his guys to use. And so let's just go over it and uh, I'll tell you what I think. Okay, so per week... 3,000 milligrams of testosterone scipionate, 2,500 milligrams equipoise, and, okay, so that's per week, so 5,500 milligrams of test and equipoise, so that's good because you got the, you know, you got to have test in there, and then you got to have another injectable in there to work with it for average guy getting big, so DECA, Prima Bullen, um, Tren, or, um, I mean, that, that's, that's the usual options. Um, so, you know, he chose equipoise. Um, and then the next thing he says is 1000 milligrams Masteron every Monday and Thursday. So 2000 milligrams Masteron a week. So that comes out to, uh, 7,500 milligrams of injectable anabolics, which guys for pros, that's the status quo. Okay. That's the status quo. Um, they tell you other things that are not true. Um, Masteron at 2000 milligrams a week is a little weird. Um, hopefully his prostate's okay. Uh, cause that could really affect that. And then also, I mean, the guy's probably going to be a masturbating freak or something, you know, taking 2000 milligrams of Masteron per week that sounds absurd uh as far as that so that's a little weird the masteron part but it doesn't seem anything off to me and it's adding up to 7500 milligrams of injectables per week which uh you know don't think that you're gonna take that if you're a little guy don't think that you're gonna take that and you're gonna turn into a pro bodybuilder overnight because that's not happening okay that that will take you years of cycles and there comes a point where, you know, you can only put on a certain amount of muscle, your body, um, you know, per week, per month. So you think you're going to take 7,500 milligrams of uh, steroids and then, you know, six months from now, a year from now, you're going to be as big as this uh, IFBB pro that Neil Hill is training. Like that, that's a pipe dream. That's not happening. Uh, you know, you could do, you could use less dosages and still... 
make equal progress just because of the fact that your body really can't put on more than one pound of muscle per week. I mean, even even like one pound of pure muscle, even on steroids, high dosage steroids, the body just metabolically cannot do more than that. So if you're able to do that on a lower dosage, that's pretty much all you're going to be getting. Um, you know, go get a pound of hamburger, okay? Go get a pound of hamburger and look at that and, and imagine you putting that on your body for the next 50, 50 weeks straight, okay? That's insane, okay? So that's what I'm talking about. So you guys that are, you know, like early 20s teenagers or something and you're hearing this and you're like oh so they, you know uh, i'm gonna get big like a pro too um you don't need to jump straight to that okay you're just gonna be putting stuff in you and you're gonna be pissing it out because you're re reaching way beyond the saturation factor okay you could do you know if you want to be like maxing out okay for for you and and you're you're less than 200 pounds you don't need more than 2500 milligrams per week okay um, of injectables, if you're under two uh, two uh, two hundred pounds, you're going to be like maxing out your metabolism for for what it can handle for right now as far as muscle building, and taking more is it's just going to be uh, it's not going to benefit you as far as growing muscles. Maybe you like to take it though, because uh, that's just you. Which that's fine if that's you, because. You're not me, and I don't control you, so you can do what you want. Um, 50 milligrams Anadrol a day, taking 25 milligrams 15 to 20 minutes after meals 2 and 5. 30 milligrams Anavar a day, take 10 milligrams 15 to 20 minutes after meals 2, 3, and 5. 25 milligrams Proviron a day, take before bed. One Arimidex take every Monday and Thursday before bed. 10 milligrams Nolvidex a day. Take 20 to 30 minutes after meal one. Yeah, that sounds fine. That sounds great. That sounds like a good bulker cycle. And and I was I was saying earlier that a lot of these these guys, it's it's kind of status quo to take it, you know, the the oral with your meal or after your meal. That's because you got the, the injectable base going on, so you're anabolic all the time, and then you just spike those anabolic levels up, right, when you get the food in your uh, body, since steroids manipulate the way your body handles food. So you just take it with the meals, the orals, so that they're real potent right when your body has the food, like like Neil Hill has his guy doing. And yeah, it sounds like a, a great cycle for a pro bodybuilder. Sounds like uh, that would be, you know, that's um, expected realistic bulking cycle for them elias asks dan i'm currently on testinanthate 600 milligrams per week 250 milligrams trenanthate per week and 60 milligrams terinabol per day it's been eight days now and i don't really feel any major effects but to my question with a cycle like that for 12 weeks terinabol for seven and i expect, expect some body recomposition yeah keep your diet clean so eating um, unprocessed natural foods, don't, don't be eating a, a, a diet of foods that are non-bro foods, non-bodybuilding non bro foods. And, and yeah, you should be able to make body composition uh, changes on that. Eight days is too quick for trenanthate and testinanthate to be kicking in and feeling um, strong effects from that. 
eight days is like right when you would start feeling, you know, seven days or so would be right when you'd start feeling the Tarina ball uh, kicking in. So maybe in the next couple of days, you know, you're going to, you're going to be feeling that I, I would expect that you would, um, you know, if not, maybe your Tarina ball is not very good quality, but the, the trend below ananthate and the test ananthate, uh, you got to give it a full two weeks before you're really noticing that in the gym. Um, yeah. So give it a little bit more time, buddy. Next question is from Dawson. Hey, Dan, would you be able to elaborate on more plates, more dates? Essentially, he says you don't need to use Trenbolone to look like your fitness influencer heroes and says it essentially builds the same amount of muscle as any other steroid. I would like to hear your thoughts on this and whether you agree it or not. Well, listen to that part that he said about it essentially builds about the same amount of muscle as any other steroid. Everyone who has used Trendolin knows that isn't true. That's one of the most absurd things I've ever heard in my life. Look, this guy more plates, more dates. He's like a popular YouTuber and he makes like clickbait YouTube videos, you know, but like he, he puts the kind of captions on them and the kind of like thumbnails on them where it's, it's like trying to get like a lot of views and a lot of clicks and, and like a lot of attention. All right. So obviously he wants the mainstream kids watching his channel. And so obviously he's going to tell them what they want to hear. So they want to keep listening to them. He tells them the truth. Then they're not going to be happy. That's not what they want to hear. They want to keep clicking on his videos. Like look at the way he markets himself and you can see, okay, this is who he wants his target audience to be the general public. He wants it to be the general people. And what do the general people want? Well, they want to be able to look like their fitness influencer heroes without taking steroids, without taking Tren, without taking injections, probably taking SARMs. And if they have to take something, only testosterone. Yeah, they want to be doing it with the least amount of drugs possible. Again, let me tell you, bodybuilders don't shy away from steroids. They don't do this TRT thing and be like talking about you know what? Those guys that talk about their own, it was on TRT and shit. And they're like talking about like, oh, I just take, I just tiptoe in steroids and I wish I didn't have to take them, but it's just a little bit. It's the exact opposite, man. That's like kids who tell you that they don't masturbate. Like you're, you're in, you're in middle school and, and, and you're like, you're like, do you masturbate? And, and they're like, no, I've never masturbated before. He's a masturbator. Okay. He's a masturbator. So my God, it, it just makes me like, ah, uh, man, it makes me think, what the fuck is this world coming to? <laughs> when I think about these guys telling you guys this bullshit, that trend is just like any other steroid and you don't need it to look like your fitness influencer heroes and they're on TRT or they're natural and, 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 and they don't like steroids and, 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 and they'll tell you their TRT protocol. But they look like bodybuilders. Telling you what you want to hear. David asks, Dan, mate, what's the best thing to use as a glucose disposal agent rather than actual insulin? 
metformin for sure. It's extremely powerful. There's some studies that show that, um, what is the one there? There's like a supplement, a supplement, berberine, uh, berberine. The supplement has an equal effect, um, to blood sugar levels as metformin, but in the real world, that's not true. Berberine's okay. Okay. Berberine's good. If you want to use a glucose disposal agent or something that makes you more sensitive to insulin. Yeah. Berberine's okay, but it is a supplement. And in comparison to metformin, it truly is like a supplement compared to a drug. So that's, that's the effect that you'll notice from that. Um, but yeah, if, if you, if you want to use, uh, metformin to, dispose of some of the uh, carbohydrates you eat and some of the fats you eat and not absorb them and make yourself more sensitive to insulin. Yeah, it works. It works good. If you want something that is a little, a little less than that, a little bit more accessible, but still works. Berberine. Next question is from Alexander. Hey Dan, your podcast has become a must listen podcast for me since I discovered it. A few months back. Can't tell you how refreshing it is not to feel like you are trying to sell some product or hide the fact that you are on performance enhancing drugs. You just come out and tell it like it is. I hope you can find room in the upcoming podcast to answer my questions. I used to go to the gym pretty regularly, about five times a week, did legs, back, biceps, chest, shoulders, triceps, and cardio. Watched what I ate, took the right supplements, and was pretty happy with the results that I was getting. Then I got injured in a bike accident, long recovery, changed jobs, relationship went sour. It was a real head first dive into the pits, man. Now I want to, I need to get back on the horse, get fit, and start by losing a lot of weight. What steroids would you recommend for this? I know you mentioned D-ball, Take it in the morning before light cardio, which sounds great. You also suggested metformin for fast weight loss, but said this has to be taken with testosterone. Can I use something like D-ball instead of testosterone as I can't get testosterone where I am? Anything else, which is a great way to get those pounds off fast while I'm also working out? Yeah, so it sounds like you went through a bit of a depression, uh, the bike accident, the change jobs, broke up with your girlfriend, um, and gained a lot of weight. So there are metabolic effects to de depression. Um, cortisol goes way up. Testosterone goes way down. Um, so catabolic effects and, and fat gaining effects to, um, depression. And, uh, you know, if you're depressed too, it'll, it will, it increases your cortisol a lot, which is the steroid neutralizing muscle breakdown hormone, um, of your body. And, uh, if, if you're depressed, you will not be able to get as big, um, even on steroids, as you will if you're feeling normal uh, mentally. So definitely got to get the depression managed and get it under control. Another thing is that it's hard to diet if you have depression, because when you are low on calories, it makes you feel a little bit sad. <laughs> it does. It does, man. Dieting is a very um, careful uh, balancing of your emotions um, in order to get someone to be able to diet without, you know, having binges and having a lot of problems. Uh, 
So got to get the depression fixed. Couple things that can help with that. SSRIs, of course. You know, if you've got to, you don't want to use that unless you got to use it. But if you got to use it, you got to use it. Because if you have mad depression, you have got to get that out of your life. Uh, first, you know, you have got to get rid of that. And they can help you. But I would recommend not doing that unless it's the last resort. Um, another thing you can try is, is Kratom. Taking some, some Kratom each day, about a tablespoon. It helps you to feel like you see the bright side of life a little bit. <laughs> Another thing, you know, and th this one is one I wouldn't really recommend very much either because uh, it, it can be a bit addictive, but uh, smoke, smoking weed a little bit, I mean, it definitely cures depression, like for sure. You know, when you have smoked weed, you do not feel depressed. Um. So the you know then you mentioned uh, losing losing weight, and you can use uh, D ball. Yeah, D ball. You said you don't have excess to testosterone, so you could use D ball only while you lose weight. Twenty milligrams a day would be good. Good uh, dosage of D ball to take, and you can take it like eight to twelve weeks while you're dieting. Twenty milligrams D ball a day. You're gonna need an anti-estrogen, so you're gonna need a Remedex, and uh, it would be good to have Novadex too uh, if you wanted a PCT for that. Uh, as far as like uh, controlling estrogen on D-ball, uh, Novadex or Arimidex will work, but Arimidex is preferred. Uh, metformin makes you absorb 30% less of the fat and carbs that you eat. So you're basically going to be only absorbing about 75% because the protein is still absorbed uh, fine. Uh, something like 75% of the calories from the food that you eat uh, when you use metformin. Um, so that, that in itself helps you to, to lose weight. Uh, like you said, doing the morning cardio. And then when you're doing your workouts, you need to, you know, after you do your one exercise of heavy weightlifting uh, for, for the day, that really stimulates the muscle, keeps it there or makes it grow, etc., um, then the rest of the workout, you got to be moving, man. You got to be like not resting. You got to be moving because, uh, you know, if you, if you just do, you know, eight, eight sets or 10 sets of weightlifting during a workout, what was that? What, that was all four and a half minutes of actual exercise that took an hour or whatever. That's not burning a lot of calories. Uh, so, you know, using lighter weights after you've done that first exercise real heavy for the strength and everything. And then basically like not stopping moving for the rest of your workout to burn off a ton of calories. Um, and, and it also, it's a good way to burn fat. Um, so I would, I'd recommend that recommend that. Yep. If you want to use something else, clenbuterol, low dose, um, you could go like 20 micrograms a day for three weeks, 40 micrograms for three weeks, 60 micrograms for three weeks, 80 micrograms for three weeks. And that would be a total of 12 weeks. You could stay on the clen the whole time that way uh, without getting the dosage too jacked up. And you wouldn't really be feeling the side effects, but it would still be working while it's in there. And that could be something else that you could add to make things go quicker. Make sure you're not eating processed foods. Eat natural foods so that your body naturally goes the way that it wants to, not being a morphed processed foods, packaged foods, McDonald's junkie type of look.
Derek asked, Hi Dan, loving the podcast, especially your ebook, Ultimate Guide to Roids. So great to have this info out there and discussed in such detail and with honesty. I'm 40 years old, have been training seriously for 15 years. I was totally natural for years until about a year ago when I did a SARM cycle. Got good results from the SARMs. Yeah, yeah. Um, LGD 4033 at 15 to 20 milligrams per day provides really good effects um, for guys that, you know, if you just want to try like a PED, it's kind of like being on like three, four, 500 milligrams of testosterone per week to be on that solo. So uh, the other SARMs, the, the, the RAD one has, is effective as well. Um, you can give those a try, you know, messing around with the SARMs. Definitely rec- would recommend the LGD 4033 one though. Uh, but again, when you're using those things, you're, those are untested substances. So they, there's some kind of facade that those are safe. No, they're dangerous. No one knows the long-term effects of those things. They're not safe. So, <laughs> you know, you're definitely taking risks. Whereas with steroids, they're medications that have been around for a long time. And, you know, the long-term effects of them have been very studied and they're FDA approved, et cetera. Whereas those SARMs are not, those are just mystery chemicals. Um, he's now on a lowish dose of TRT and looking at doing another SARM cycle or a proper steroid cycle. No desire to compete, just love lifting and want to feel that I'm still getting results. That's how most people who use steroids are. It's not true that most people that use steroids are competitors. That's the uh, minimal amount of people that are competitors. Um, and a lot of times they talk down on other people. And, uh, for those guys that are talking down on non-competitors for using steroids, grow up and worry about yourself. Uh, diet and training are dialed in, but I want to up my game, not necessarily looking to get freaky, but would like to add 10 to 15 pounds of muscle and reduce my body fat. What do you recommend? Um, I would recommend that you add it in wind straw, man. Um, keep your TRT going and add in between 50 to 100 milligrams of wind straw per day. Like taking that for probably 10 weeks, 8 to 10 weeks and titrating the dosage up starting at 50 milligrams a day. And uh, you should reach your goal, to be honest. Um, you're already in pretty good shape. 225 at 6'2", 12% body fat, looking to drop a couple body fat percentage, gain 10 pounds of muscle. Yeah, I mean, you're already on some testosterone, so you just add the one stall in there, keep training hard like you were saying, your diet's on point, everything. Um, I think that alone will be enough to get you to where you want to be. All right, uh, last question for the day is from Ken. Hey, Dan, bro, question a lot of these questions so-called internet gurus are pushing for no oral cycles. I have been powerlifting for 15 years. I have only seen a lot of guys running oral only cycles. Or he has seen a lot of guys running oral only cycles. Anadrol, the King Dianabol, and Anavar. I myself will run 200 milligrams Scipionate testosterone, but I personally think people can do what they want. I believe it was the Rams that did the all D-ball training camp Love the show. Keep spreading the truth. 
Yeah, the Rams used, uh, I mean, all the NFL teams used um, steroids officially. The, the 1963 Chargers um, used 15 milligrams a day on all of their players' uh, D-ball during their training camp and fined their players if they didn't take their D-ball that day. And then they won the NFL championship in 1963, so that was a pretty famous case. Um, but yeah, oral-only cycles are fine. Um Injectables injectables are much better when you add the injectables to the cycle. It's much better, especially if you're not using D-ball. If you're doing an only oral-only cycle without having D-ball in there and stacking it with something else, it's going to suck because it will not uh, – you won't have anything to uh, make your natural – replace your natural production that gets shut off, uh, your natural hormones that gets shut off from taking the uh, other oral steroids. And Dianabol – can uh it can it can interact with the five alpha reductase DHT enzyme and it can interact with the aromatase enzyme and uh, it, it can fulfill the role of testosterone in your body whereas something like anadrol cannot uh, anavar cannot winstrol cannot uh, do those things so um, if you do do an oral only cycle it is good to have at least a little bit of d ball in there like uh, 10 milligrams per day then uh, that will make any other orals that you use in there uh, better as well and yeah of course oral only cycles work you know a lot of people they, they say you know don't do that or whatever and I mean that that's pretty good advice I mean I would always advise people to take injectables too but like you said people can do whatever they want and it works I mean, you take pro-hormones alone, it works. You take SARMs alone, it works. You take oral steroids alone, it works. So it's really up to you. Um, however, taking taking some injectables makes it work a lot better. So uh, it's kind of a beginner thing to take orals only or something where the person is not very experienced or something like that. Um, but, hey... There are some people that get really good results out of it. If you would like your questions to be answered on the Steroids Podcast, go to steroidspodcast.com and leave a comment with your questions or email or private message steroidspodcast at gmail.com or steroidspodcast on Instagram. Until next time.